I was shocked with this one, Clay, because I mm-hmm. would have bet my life, would have bet my life, I would have bet my children's life that Boimler at the end of the pilot episode of this show learned that Mariner was Freeman's daughter. I, I would have, mm. I could have swore that's what it was so much that I was confused about whether or not it was tricking me. The episode was doing something to me, like whether or not it was, it was playing with the audience and I had to go to memory alpha and re-lead, re, uh, reread what had actually happened. I don't know if you had the same thing or if not, if you actually remembered, I could have swore. I was shocked that I was so wrong about this. And I guess this is how they're going to build a, um, a two-parter to end a season by sort of this being the storyline that they're going to resurrect from the pilot. But mm. did you remember that or were you confused? Uh, I wasn't confused. I don't remember that being revealed in the first episode. Um, Let's just I, be a matter I, of timing or something. Like the scenes must be right next to each other. I, I was just, I was shocked. What scene are you, th- are you thinking of in particular? I guess I was confusing the fact that Boimler just learns in the pilot that he and Mariner can get along with each other on that away mission. And then he has a meeting with Freeman where he um, set, he oh, doesn't sell yeah. out, he doesn't sell out Mariner. And for some reason I was like, he doesn't sell her out because he realizes she's her daughter and he, and she needs to impress her or something. I was, I was way off and it's, it doesn't really amount to anything, but it was very confusing in this episode when it, so much of the ending hinged on that reveal. Well, I actually thought it was, uh, I I watched it twice, and my my first watch through, I actually thought something different was happening than actually did, um, as far as that goes. But we can get into that in a little bit. But as far as, uh, yeah, I the the thing with her being the daughter is is interesting because I I've never I've always assumed that it was not something that everybody knew, but they they haven't really played it as this like season spanning mystery that people secret. are going to find out. Yeah, Mariner's yeah, never secret. had to yeah. had never had to conceal it from anybody, really. Right, right. Yeah. Even even to my credit, I don't think she conceals it in the pilot. It's just that the captain reveals it in a moment where she's talking to the admiral who's her father. And they're they're right. just having a private conversation and it comes out. So it's not like it's right. not like there's any kind of secrecy whatsoever. So let's play a clip from the episode which is Crisis Point and then we'll come back and we'll break it down. This report is a veritable fruit salad of insubordination. I don't want to be here. I broke the rules. I'm supposed to be in the break. Sorry, Captain's orders. She wants us to meet every week, cooking up some healthy strategies to marinate you into the officer she knows you can be. I don't want your help. I want to show the Captain that she's wrong and then get put in the brig. Full stop, Beckett. We need to find an outlet for all that rage. Have you ever made paella? Crisis Point is the ninth and penultimate episode of the first season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It came out on October 1st, 2020. Written by Ben Rogers, directed by Bob Suarez, in-universe date is unknown, but it's 2380. In this episode, Mariner repurposes Boimler's holodeck program to cast herself as the villain in a Lower Decks-style movie. I was... I I intellectually liked this one more than I enjoyed watching it. I don't know how you <laughs> felt about it, but I've, I've, I've spent this time... Since I watched it this morning, I've spent today trying to come up with a reason why I didn't like it as much as I think I should or whether or not I could talk myself into appreciating it for what Mm -hmm. I intellectually like about it. I'm kind of at the same point as I was when I stopped watching it, which is that I like it maybe slightly more just by thinking about it. Um, But I don't know. It it has a lot of things that sort of uh, chafe me the wrong way in some ways, too, Mm -hmm. even though I like the concept of it. So what did you think about it? I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, cause I, I think the stuff that they did, uh, that they were sending up was, was really fun. 
um, and the ways in which they did it was really fun, but I also really enjoyed the story. Uh, I think having having Mariner have to face off with her with herself the way that they do was really clever. Um, yeah, I just I just thought it was a really fun, well put together episode. I think I um, I think even though I understand intellectually, the references are clever, more clever than just kind of shouting out references in a regular episode. It also felt um like strangely artificial in some way like it is artificial so I don't I don't really know why I have a problem with this but it, it feels like it feels like they the way that they worked in a way to get a bunch of references in was clever but at the same time I think I'm tired of the references in a strange way like I mm-hmm. I don't know I, I don't know if at this point the ninth episode in the series it, it still feels to me like they're experimenting with what what combination works. Uh, across the mm-hmm. board and how much they can get away with and something like that. And I think this one did a pretty good job. Maybe it's the best place to start is with the the positive that I like about this one, just because I see a lot of chatter that gets in the way of the positive too. Um, Mariner is Mariner is a good character. There's, there's a mm-hmm. lot of conversation on our Discord and Twitter that people don't like Mariner. And while I can't say that your subjective take on whether or not you find the character as a person appealing or not, uh, Mariner is lower decks. Like Mariner is the character right. that in this episode has a split personality about what she wants to be, whether or not it's the goody two shoes Starfleet officer or it's the person who's sort of cynical about the whole Star Trek thing. And mm-hmm. that's what that's what lower decks is. So Mariner personifies the show. And I think if you don't like Mariner, you probably don't like the show in general because they're sure. they're linked to each other. I don't think there's any way around that. Yeah, um, I think the, they they've done a, a great job in the last couple episodes of of really stripping away that uh, um, infallibility that I think everybody was afraid was going to be there uh, from the from the beginning of the show and and really kind of started to settle into her actions and the way that she acts being having a purpose other than just being, Oh, she's the one that knows everything. She's the smartest one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which, yeah, I think has turned her into a, a really, uh, a really good character for this show, especially for the, for the reasons that you're talking about too. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, cause we, we talked in the past about how the show, the show is trying to balance a love of star Trek with comedy, which comedy has to make fun of something like mm-hmm. comedy, comedy, by its nature is making fun of something. And so if you're going to have a Star Trek show, it's going to make fun of Star Trek tropes. And there's this balancing act that the show has to do where it can't be too cynical about things because the fandom will say, this is not Star Trek because it's too hostile towards what we like. And Mm -hmm. it also, I don't think the creators feel that way either. And it also can't be too, it can't be not critical or cynical about Star Trek because then it won't be funny. So it has to right. it has to walk this line. And I did think that the Mariner storyline was really clever to split those characters into two and show you that that's at the core what the show is trying to do. Um, I liked it. I I think I, I think I do like it intellectually more than I actually enjoyed it. But I did think that Mariner is important. And I think disliking her. I, I, I the the more subjective things about she talks too fast or whatever or is too crazed or anything like that. I can't really do anything other than subjectively say I don't agree with that. Really, like I don't. Right. I think that yeah. the criticism of her is kind of overblown. But she's too. She's the main character more than 
Brad Boimler is, even though it seems like Boimler mm. should be the central character to it. Mariner is really the heart and soul of the show. And I think the performance has been improving. I think that the characterization has been improving for her. I think that the different situations they're putting her into are fine. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be happy with this. Her, her secret is that she's the daughter of the captain is going to be good enough to really end a season on, but we'll see. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've been noticing that, uh, they've already started pushing Boimler to the background more, um, and focusing more on Mariner because at, at the beginning of the season, they were fairly, like you're saying, Boimler seems like he's more the main character and, and, uh, straight man uh, he's, to all this situation. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the Rick and Mariner's the Morty in this, in this show. But, um, you they've other way around right he's the uh he's the yeah morty. i'm sorry he's yes the he's the morty and, and mariner's the rick but as they've gone on they've really started focusing on mariner and even the other characters more than boimler because even though he was the main he was in the main story for like the first two or three the last handful have been boimler's got a thing he's dealing with which gets like three minutes in the episode and isn't really that entrenched in the rest of the story whereas everybody else is sort of working on more interesting stories he's been triggering um, the things right hasn't he? he's done i feel like he's done that the yeah. past. he's been like the inciting incident that causes the yeah. episode to happen yeah and uh i think i think ironically you know i think if you want to come down on a character who's who is one note it's not mariner i think it's boimler yeah um he's kind of Doing the same thing. Uh, the, I mean, the best part about him in this episode was the uh, was uh, what's his name? Um, Shempo, the the guy that they oh, the yes. artificial Boimler that they create. Who's <laughs> a, a huge great. pussy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Mariner clearly has more complexities to her than Boimler does, at least at this point. And even Rutherford and Tendy, um, probably Rutherford more than Tendy at this point. Uh, have more interesting stuff to do in most of these episodes than Boimler does. He's sort of s- slinking to the back a little bit, um, which you know i I don't think he I don't think he has to be front and center every episode. That's the point of an ensemble, as you can kind of. It's not you know, it's not the Brad Boimler show featuring the crew of the Cerritos. Yeah. It's lower decks. Yeah, um, I, 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 so you can kind of mix them and match them as you feel fit. I'd agree they can flesh them out. It's it's another one of those things that I think we felt about other topics at the start of the season too, about like it needs to branch out from what it is. Kind of like the character mm-hmm. pairings are too repetitive. Uh, the Boimler storylines I think are repetitive. He's just kind of the the nervous Nelly character who in his quest to please people cascades all these mm. problems to come off of him. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh, I'm, I, I, would, I don't mind him in that role. And I think that Mariner is actually... I think the voice actor for Mariner is actually more funny than the voice actor for Boimler, at least in the way mm. that they've been giving given scripts with something to do about it. Boimler seems a little bit more traditional, and especially in episodes like this, I think Mariner stands out a little bit. Like her, her vocal performance is a little bit more um, spastic in a good way. I think for a comedy show, <laughs> yeah. she's she's a little bit more energetic than Boimler, and that's a characterization thing as well. I think. Yeah, and I mean, think about the stories that they've been given. Uh, Mariner has done a, a lot of different stuff. Rutherford and Tendy have done fairly a lot of different stuff. Boimler is essentially he's trying really hard to impress the captain, and that's about it. Yeah, it takes different forms, but that at the core is what he does every episode, essentially. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
And so I, uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're pushing to Mariner and, and some of the other characters a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how they continue. Uh, even the episode, even the episode that was about his girlfriend, he wasn't really in. Mm-hmm. He was just sort of like a background player for for everybody else. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'll be interested to see what happens moving forward with him. Um, outside of that, I. I, I I did like some of the jokes of this this concept that the holodeck becomes a movie uh, thing, which is to, to reference a lot of Star Trek tropes. They have the scene where it's just lens flares constantly, like every time the camera is just constantly panning and it's constantly lens flaring. They they change the aspect ratio on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's blood. They put a film. They put a film grain. Yeah, on there's it. a grain on it. You can see the hair is occasionally yeah. floating across the screen. Um, I liked all that stuff. I thought that that, w- that I thought that that was good. It's um. It's a lot of references that you can sort of jam into the thing, which is fine at that point. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why I'd, I wouldn't like the meta aspect of that. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that has a lot of things that I would actually enjoy out of it. Well, what I, what I found the most uh, amusing about it, about the way that they did it, is it's the, it is by far the most meta episode they've done up to this point. But ironically... It's the they draw attention to it the least. Like there's nobody calling out the jokes in this, right? They're like just, the, uh, the flyby, like, the Enterprise flyby. That right? Takes, yeah, it's probably like, thirty was, seconds. Yeah. yeah, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and I just kept chuckling at stuff. And she didn't. She was like, "What do you? What's? What are you laughing at? What's the joke here?" And I was like, "Oh well, every, every in the first movie when they go to the ship, it's like a five minute sequence of them going around the ship and admiring." She's like, <laughs> the, "Oh, okay, you know." The engineer you know, is different. crying. The engineer is crying at the the glory yeah, of the, uh, yeah. the thing. He's, he's I mean, around. even I have to say, it made me turn a corner on the theme song because when they got to the movie section and they put the uh, the Jerry Goldsmith spin on the theme song, I was like, "This music is great. <laughs> they should use this as the theme instead of that other thing." But you know, like stuff like that, like just they. They tweaked the music like nobody was drawing attention to any of that stuff, except for the the credit sequence, which they did draw a little bit of attention to. Most of the stuff they did that was referential was they just did it and it was they just let it let it play. Yeah. Um, Like they blew the ship up, which I thought was great, uh, which is the hallmark of every Star Trek movie now. Yeah. Riffs Um, a little bit on the generations thing because the saucer crashes into onto the ground and and rolls and stuff like that. Right, or um, even Star Trek Beyond. That's more or less what happens too. Yeah, that's true. That Uh, that one's even more uh, rolls like a bicycle wheel. I think, and if I'm remembering correctly, I did. I did also really like. um, I can't remember the exact quote, but uh, Mariner quotes something, and then uh, Ransom goes, "Is she quoting the Tempest?" Yeah. Just because it's, you know, the, the bad guys always pull out a, a, an intense Shakespeare quote yep. in these movies and whatnot. Yeah, I just thought it was a lot of fun. I, I, that aside, I really enjoyed the casual casual racism against Tendy's people. Yeah. The yeah. Orions, I thought that was funny. They didn't, um, they, didn't, um, they didn't emphasize it in an interesting way. They didn't play it up, unless I'm misremembering or something. I, I was mm. expecting, especially in this era of, uh, like, political commentary i was expecting some sort of grand statement against that but they don't really do that they do the show kind of acknowledges that orion's that is their function as a as a device in a star trek fictional show is that the orion's Mm -hmm. are just kind of like a slave dancer people um Mm -hmm. so they 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 handle it smartly i think and (laughs) it was some it was some subset that was upset that uh the picture on memory alpha had changed to a picture of tendy for the the orion slave girls or whatever but it's (laughs) it's i didn't even 
it's maybe maybe kind of a strange thing whether or not I'm paying enough attention or uh, they're not drawing attention to it at all. I didn't even kind of realize that she wasn't Orion. Tendi, like she's green, obviously, and that's what the green people are. But it didn't strike mm-hmm. me as something that I should recognize. Yeah, it hasn't really come up that much in conversation on the show. I don't think. No, just um, like that. I mean, that's why. Maybe that's why them trying to do the secret to we were correct. One of us was correct when we mentioned we thought that they were going to end the season with kind of it's sort of a two parter where they hint at what's coming in this episode oh, and sure. to imply into what ends in the, the next one. Sure. Um, I guess there's been relatively little. It's a com. It's a ten season, ten episode comedy season. There's been relatively little character work in that sense because Mar- the one thing that we know about any character is now going to come back to be the linchpin of the series, and you don't know anything about Tendi. You don't really mm. know anything about Rutherford at this point. But I don't know if the show needs to go there. It's just kind of an interesting uh, lack of detail about the characters that you think you'd maybe expect to know at this point. Well, I'm curious to see how they handle Mariner moving into next season. Cause this episode, if it seems like this season has been really about Mariner getting to the point that she gets to at the end of this episode, where she realizes why she's doing the things she does the way that she does them. And she has a bit of a, re- a revelation about it. I don't know if that's going to stick. We'll see, but I do kind of like this idea that you can, like, if you wanted to, you could do the same thing with any of the other characters next season. It's like, all right, this season, we're going to focus in on Tendi, and we're going to figure out what she's about. And, you know, yeah. she's she's going to be the running theme through these stories. I think that's it. I think that, that could be a, a, a fun way to handle it. Um, I My biggest question moving forward is, is this a status quo shift, or is this just a uh status quo reinforcement like now we know why she does the things she does so now she can just do them the way she always does them right yeah because to this point they haven't done any serialization really the only serialization you would say is that this this mariner subplot about being freeman's daughter uh which is not really a subplot it's just kind of a line of Mm -hmm. dialogue that they've returned to at this point so yeah i um and I, I find it kind of refreshing that there is no serial storyline to it. Like that mm, gives it yeah. a very older Star Trek feel to it. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but it is curious whether or not it's just a joke that Mariner recognizes what she is and now she can be free to be that person and not have to consider right. anything. Or if it's a, uh, as you say, like a status quo shift or a character character growth, if you want to look at it that way, a character change or something. I'd imagine it would shift back to yeah. this is just the way she is. Yeah, pro- I'm probably. I mean, we'll. See. I, you know, I don't know because this this is a very smartly written show. Um, I think there is room to do a little bit of both because I think Rick and Morty does that really well, where they stick to their formula. But they've had enough shit happen over the three or four seasons that they've done that, like some stuff sticks around and some characters have changed in certain emotional ways, uh, and that stays. Yeah. So we'll, we'll. It'll be interesting to see see what happens i uh what i was talking about at the beginning about um what i thought they were doing with uh the mother daughter thing is as they were going through the program um when mariner as what's her name veronica no that's the glenn dancing movie uh i can't remember what i'll have to is. look it up you, you can vendetta continue. or i don't know one oh Vin- vindicta right something like vindicta, that. vindicta yes as as vindicta when she was fighting freeman Freeman kept saying, I have no idea who you are. And she, you know, which of course they're, it's her daughter. And so she's like, ah, that's the whole point. But I thought what they were doing was since Boimler programmed the system, 
he didn't know that they were f- mother and daughter, mm-hmm. so there's no way he could have programmed that into the thing. Right. But then when Second Mariner shows up and she's like, get your hands off my mom, obviously, you know, clearly that's they true. know. And it, but, yeah, it ends in that. It ends with her making the quote about, right. yeah, yeah. So does she but not recognize I, Vindicta as her daughter at that point? I think I think that's the idea yeah. that Vindicta is disguised. No, I think it's just like you know, when you're in a hol- when you're in a holodeck program, the character you're playing is not recognized. Sure, it, it, the character you're playing is is the one that's being recognized, not the person playing it. You know, of course, right? Um, How they but, don't uh, question they don't question co- like clothing or things. They just assume that this right. person who's playing George Washington right. is yeah. George Washington. Yeah, when you walk into the when you walk into the Old West bar wearing your Starfleet uniform, yep. they just kind of go, "Ooh, them some fancy duds, Bill." You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I realized what actually what it was is that he Boimler fashioned all these characters out of their personal logs, but that doesn't mean that he read them. So he just plugged everything in, and the 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 program kind of did its thing and created them. That doesn't mean that he had he knew everything about these people he that's just the information that he pulled to yeah. create the program so. yeah i i liked it as a holodeck episode too um mm. that feels that feels like a smart take on a holodeck to dump everything that you know about people's personalities into a computer and then play it off like it's the real world it's not like it's unheard of but mm-hmm. in things like hollow pursuits where barkley recreates the crew and it's revealed that this is like a huge social faux pas to replicate people that you know on the holodeck in the 24th century um, that was treated as more of a, uh, he was being weird with them. You know, like this is, I guess this, right, is, this yeah. is still weird, but this is like less weird. Although they make fun of it as Mariner is very open to, I think we had this discussion on the Hall of Pursuits with Sean, uh, where Mariner is very into killing them in the holodeck, yes, you know, and, yeah. and because she recognizes that it's um, not real. And I think we had the same debate about whether or not you should feel bad if you kill someone you know on the holodeck. And the argument is just mm-hmm. like, well, they're not really them. So I'm just kind of working through things on this. But I, I thought it was clever. They t- they did something with the holodeck that they've never really done before, I don't think, which is to... I don't think... There's probably, there's probably 50 episodes in Voyager where they do it, but to treat the holodeck as a therapy session is interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hollow Pursuits is the opposite, where he was using it to amplify his uh perviness yeah his, his sickness i guess if you want to go that way like his, his sort of mm-hmm. uh, deficiency this is the opposite where she's using it indirectly to solve herself because the therapist who has a weird joke about making food references uh can't get the job done yeah i think i think she goes into it intending to use it more like barkley does but she ultimately backs herself into therapy yeah mm. Um, I really enjoyed the skeet shooting with Da Vinci. Yeah. I thought that was fun. And I, <laughs> I like the I, button I that closes the, it too. When he shoots yeah, I love the callback at the end, even, <laughs> even though that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I, I really like that. What does he say? Not 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 today or something. Not not yeah. Da Vinci's day or something like that. He's got he's, he shoots uh, Spock getting out of the photon torpedo at the very end. What's, um, I I just had I had a question. I I apologize if everybody's going to scream at me because I'm not remembering an episode where they did this. But have they ever done an episode? across star trek where they f- where someone has been trapped in a holodeck for like 50 years uh not that i can think of like in a program like sitting in a program for a long time or just stuck yeah. in the 
Yeah, like like they get locked. I, I'm thinking. I I just watched watched Inception recently, and so again, so I, I I was thinking of like, well, what if someone got stuck in the holodeck and they just get stuck in this program that's like glitching out or something? So they're living this entire life in the holodeck, and then ultimately they come out and are brought back into the real world and mm. just have to you know like they've watched they've been married or something and right. they had to kill people or something <laughs> and it's they've been in there so long they forgot that it's a computer program right um no i don't think they, I, I don't think they've ever done that interestingly i guess you'd i'm have actually to come really the, surprised you certainly couldn't do it on a ship because someone would go why is the holodeck been locked for a week right now? well like, i'm thinking yeah well, I was thinking it. like uh okay take a take like a take any uh ship in the fleet uh, there's a guy in the holodeck and then while he's in the holodeck, the ship gets attacked and the ship gets blown up and, and scuttled or whatever, but yep. the, that section of the ship is still working. So he's stuck in there. And so whether it, maybe he's got to stay in there because if he comes out, then he'll get sucked into space or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you, I'm surprised that they've never done that. You, and so then eventually, you know, the enterprise or whoever shows up to get this guy out, he's all, <laughs> he's all wolf man. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like uh, he's like he's like a a, a, a drug cartel leader, <laughs> and then he gets pulled back in in, in the nineteen fifties or something, and then he gets pulled back into the twenty third century, and st- that would be kind of fun. It's that uh, what's that that girl? There's always story. There's a famous documentary. If I about it. if I ever write a Star Trek comic, that's the story I'm going to do. I mean, the, the easy way around it would just be. Um, it would, you wouldn't even have to be trapped in it. It's just they find someone who has isolated themselves on a planet and built a personal holodeck to sort of kind of get into their version of the Nexus. Almost, it's like a sure a realistic version of their perfect universe, and they break him out. And the difficulty he has of readapting to non uh, heaven, basically, by by coming right. back into yeah. the real world, would be something interesting. They've never done that. I don't think. Um, not sure why. Um, random question to you what the cat doctor mm-hmm. after the uh after rutherford and the chief officer have their connection yeah. what f word did she call them <laughs> <laughs> i just assume she said you two crazy fucks yeah but it, but it really was, could be anything it was really it was <laughs> and is is that the the joke i mean it i don't know it's it's not it's strange because they're having sort of this bonding session where they're hugging each other and going like, "Oh man, we're just we're going to be get our own ship or whatever." And she calls them "you crazy f's," and yeah. um, I don't know. I guess, I guess the only other assumption you could make is the cat doctor is extremely homophobic, right? Or something. <laughs> she's she's clearly modeled after Pulaski, so you think yeah. that maybe they could play that up. But it was, I was shocked that if, um, even the. Uh, even if it is a a joke that they're if it is a joke that they're playing up, I was just shocked by the audacity to do it. If it's not a joke mm-hmm. that was intentional, I would have felt someone would have caught that. Been like, it's got, this is kind of an inappropriate joke at this point. Let's make it more clear what we're saying. Um, yeah, but it was it was it shocked me. But sometimes the show does shock <laughs> me in strange ways. Um, I don't have anything else really to say about this one. Uh, it's the ninth out of ten. Oh, done with the season. I did want to bring up. Did you catch the the weed joke, the the techno babble weed joke? No, I don't where think so. When Rutherford and who's I can't remember the engineer's game name. Bill, Paul Billups character. or something is it something? Billups. Yeah. When they when they go in and everything's blowing up or whatever, and they're trying to figure out how to fix it, um, Rutherford says he can bypass the Indic controls and su- and suppress the sativa. <laughs> Indic controls. <laughs> 
<laughs> pretty clever. It's pretty yeah. good. I didn't. I thought it sounded weird the first time I watched it. Then I, when I went back and I watched it again, I was like, "That is definitely a pop joke." <laughs> That's pretty good. I liked. Um, I liked. I liked. It's not even a joke. I just like tracks the uh, the security guard screaming. When you get to hell, tell the power race the tracks. <laughs> <Yes. in." laughs> With this that's, giant, you know, cable from the X Men gun. Yeah, he's got his chain gun and whatever. Yeah, that's uh Oh, the one thing I did want to talk about talk about. Um did you enjoy the beginning where they uh they uh fix the problem on the planet just by giving them food replicators? I yeah. feel like we've said that a billion times where it's yep. like if you just give these people food replicators, it fixes all their problems. The uh those people are uh Direct TNG reference where they had the lizard and the rat people and the lizard people ate one oh, of the rats. Really? Yeah, so that's in the first yeah. season of TNG. Um, yeah, and they did sort of come to the same conclusion that we've come to after 700 episodes of Star Trek. It's like, why don't you just give them something to stop them from eating each other and just have a replicator and call it a day and go about it. What do you and guys I did, enjoy I did doing? Like basking. The, what's that? Yeah, the, he says he enjoys basking. I, just, I, like, yes. I like that joke too for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, and ultimately, the only thing that they need to re- needed the thing to replicate was protein pellets yeah, or something. Nutri- nutri- the nutri- pellets. pellets. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did like that scene just because it was sort of a bit of a subversion of the prime the every prime directive story where you have uh, Mariner seemingly by herself solving a like a social injustice on this planet. She's bringing freedom. Get, she says she's bringing yeah. freedom to these people bringing freedom to a, a, a an entire population of people who are bi- just being bred for food mm-hmm. kind of like the kelpians a little bit yeah um and then ultimately she gets chided for it and scolded for it because she broke the prime directive right uh which is you know kind of silly in the grand scheme of things uh especially when you can just solve the problem by giving them food replicators yeah but, yeah it's i guess it's all kind of an act to that because freeman <clears throat> does that after she leaves she goes she's like she's upset that she cost her her report or whatever and she gets mariner out of there and then she says all right guys how about i just give you a replicator and we call this a day (laughs) yeah there there is that it's that um i don't know how do you think the show at this point does a good job of poking fun at star trek is it is it incisive enough is it doing the correct take on these things i think it has a balancing Mm. act as i mentioned at the front um I think it is. I think I personally could go even harsher on it in some mm. ways. Like I, I do kind of want the show to rip Star Trek a little bit more than it does. It does it lovingly at this point. And occasionally it has weird flashes of being darker. And I like those weird flashes. But I don't know if I'm the standard audience for this or what they're what they're trying to do. I think they're doing a fairly effective job of balancing it at this point. Yeah, I do too. I think I think they could go a little harder on it as well, but that might just be me, the Star Trek fan of me, uh, outweighing the just the general someone who might be interested in the show fan of me. Um, Got to separate. I can tell you my. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What's that? Well, well I was it, just gonna say. I, <laughs> it's it's the <laughs> it adds. I, I think what like when we're going when we're going through Enterprise, like one thing that we don't one thing that we're recognizing is that if your series doesn't do something with it, it's kind of in a, a rough stuff. Like it's basically just Star Trek at that point. And you're like, well, what the right, hell is the point yeah. of this? TNG 
kind of got away with it just because it was the first reboot, right? But you can't reboot the reboot into another reboot that's exactly the same as the the first thing. So yeah, right. at that point, they had to do the DS9 thing. They had to do the Voyager setup. Uh, the series started to do things more specific to their uh, sort of, it's not just a ship going planet to planet. There's like a, there's a backbone to the story that they're going to try mm-hmm. to rely on. Um, I feel that Lower Decks... The reason you'd want to go harder as a Lower Decks comedy is that you want it to be the satirical Star Trek show. So right. like, you, it's not just a Star Trek show that's kind of funny on top of it. It's the one that makes fun of Star Trek. And I think that that's the mm-hmm. reason. Just by doing that, it, it differentiates the show a little bit beyond something like, oh, it's the animated show that's not the terrible animated show from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, that that's definitely what's going to, give it give it an edge as if they can push it a little harder into there but i also you know i i I could say my girlfriend really enjoys it and she gets none of those jokes unless (laughs) unless i point them out um so maybe they are striking the right tone i don't know um but i would like to see them go a little bit harder on it yeah um but yeah ultimately i i've been i've been i i think it's gotten consistently better through the season yeah i'd agree the the pilot I was thinking just because I was reading it today the pilot almost seems quaint at this point like it's very mm. traditional it's just a um sort of beam down to the planet get into a hijinks while something else is going up on the ship it, it seems very stock standard and I this one definitely feels more Rick and Morty uh, community humor where it's sure. it's taking that meta aspect and doing an episode of it but also at the same time really getting into the crevices of the franchise just because it's like going into something that um, you never see that side of things normally. So when you, when Mm. you, when you invert it and you're allowed to sort of like uh, interrogate what's actually inside of it, it it gives you something special, I think. And I, I think that that's why, even if I, for whatever reason, if the episode didn't grab me, I think I'd prefer more episodes like this that do something kind of interesting with the idea as opposed to just another, uh, riff on a straight star trek episode which i don't mind every once in a while but i prefer more i'd prefer there were you know at least a split between this kind of episode and then the sort of stock parody if you want to call it a parody episode of a star trek episode yeah and, you know like i said i i i think the for me anyway i think the the reference humor works better when they're not directly calling it out um because i think if like if you had done that scene where they're flying around the ship and someone had made a crack about, wow, we've been flying around the ship for a long yeah. time, eh? I was and, waiting you know, for or, it. I was waiting for yeah. it. Yeah. Or if they once they get onto the bridge, if someone's like, gee, why doesn't anybody turn some lights on in this? You know, that kind of thing. I think that that just gets like, oh, yeah, you're patting yourself on the back for noticing stuff everybody notices. Enterprise um, joke was tough. The Enterprise flyby was tough because I was like, if you really want to make this funny, this has to be like five uninterrupted minutes right. of them going. Yeah, like, you know, like, it, well, it, I think I think they I think they found a nice middle ground by having everybody in the shuttlecraft like reacting emotionally yeah, they, to it. They had two cutbacks to the to them and it was it was cut in between the shuttle so you could change their reactions and it it, it was almost like a montage because their reactions were more quick than the shuttle simply flying around it so right you, you got a right. sense of it going quick but i wouldn't i wouldn't have been upset if it was just five minutes of the ship flying around it yeah i mean ballsy. in in a in a perfect world that's the entire episode yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> that's the whole joke <laughs> <laughs> like i mean i i think i think the 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 more if you want to if you really wanted to to spin that ball the entire episode is them doing a flyby of the ship 
and then something happens inside the shuttle. That's not a bad. That's not a bad plot. Of the ship, yeah, that's not a know? bad plot of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, as the as the tensions are growing, they all kind of stop every now and then to admire the ship <laughs> as they fly by a certain part of it or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think they I think they're 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 figuring it out. Um, I think my 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 favorite non referential joke was when uh ransom shows up to fight vindicta and he says uh you can we can talk the talk let's see if you can walk the walk and then he gets shot and she goes she did it she's walking and talking she's walking and talking (laughs) yeah i like ransom as a character too i think he's fairly um he's he's a one of the better uh reference characters i think in a Mm, a way like he he sort of stands out uh, in that regard tracks or Shacks, however you want to pronounce it. I guess it's Shacks. Um, use a little work with him. Freeman, I think he's mm-hmm. okay. The joke here with Freeman is kind of funny. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even catch that one. But yeah, yeah that, that's good. Uh, I guess that's it. Well, let's just call it a day there. We'll play a clip from the episode. Actually, we don't do that on Lower Ducks, do we? We'll just wrap it up here because we don't have any ratings or anything to go through. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I was happy with this one. I'm not... Uh, I'm not hitting the end of the season the way that I feel about discovering Picard seasons. I'm like, holy shit, the four more episodes. Right. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, it came by, it went, it's going to be a big come down in two weeks when we're, <laughs> we're back on the discovery. We don't do the best self advertising for this, but I feel like I have to be honest about that, about that stuff. But yeah, discovery is coming. Um, is that directly after? So it's like I next week not. is the finale, I, I and then week, the week we, after is. I hope discovery. we have a week. I hope we have a week at yeah. least, but it might not be that way. Um, Discovery's coming. This one is good. I I thought this was a clever episode for whatever reason. Didn't strike me in the heart in the way that the last two did, uh, but I liked it. I thought it was clever and season finale i I mean i'm looking forward to it in the in the sense that it's just it'll be nice to have a complete season under our belt for lower decks but um i've been happy with the show i've been surprised by it i've been sort of intrigued in the way that i think sometimes they're clever uh sometimes that they achieve like the best of what they can do that's pretty much it but yeah it was a good ninth episode do you have any final thoughts um not really yeah i i like this one a lot um I feel like uh, it's going to be tough to like they they really they really swung for the fence reference wise in this. I don't know if you could do another episode that is this heavy, yeah, and this this overt. Um, but you know who knows? There's ten, eleven movies or so you can jump into to make references to. But the- uh, somebody get me somebody get me the MP3 of that <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith remix of the theme. <laughs> What did the teaser look like for our next episode? I think I watched it, but I don't really remember. Uh, Tendi has something she's I, doing in it. Yeah, I forget exactly what it is. Is Boimler telling Mariner that he knows he knows that she's uh, Freeman's daughter? But yeah. I don't remember much outside of that. I'm going to assume I don't remember what he the, doesn't the story get. Is. Yeah, I'm going to assume he doesn't get just uh, commendation or whatever Freeman says that she's going to do to people who who learn that kind of thing. Um, that's it. We're done with lower decks. That was Crisis Point. That was the episode, the name of their Lower Deck style movie. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the content, you go to patreon.com slash the Penske file and support us there. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff. You get extra podcasts, extra videos, extra commentary tracks, polls to talk about what we're going to vote. We have a Halloween special coming up. If you are a patron right before, we'll use Halloween as the cutoff. If you're a patron by Halloween, 
uh, you'll get access to a how we're doing a Star Trek horror episode and then a horror movie, which is the platform at this point. So mm. I think it's one, so it's platform, which is on Netflix. If you're a patron on Halloween, the terrifying, terrifying platform, platform diving. Don't go on to the platform. <laughs> you can't be a platform diver. You're scared of heights. It's the true horror. <laughs> um, yeah, so be a patron by Halloween. We'll say that as the date, and then you'll get those. And if you're not a patron, you won't have access to those. So it's a scary episode of Star Trek, which is Genesis, which is the TNG episode, Genesis. And, Are you uh, telling me that this platform is haunted? <laughs> it's a train platform. There's a, lot of pl- there's a lot of platforms that you can go into in this world. Other than that, I think that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, we just had Rotten Horror Picture co- Show come out this past week where he covered John Carpenter's The Thing, which uh, <laughs> this is disease spreading and paranoia are at an all-time high, so perfect time to go back and revisit that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we got a new badass. Couldn't tell you what the episodes are. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're pushing towards a, a Patreon goal to try and get some more Rotten Horror Picture Show content where Amanda and I will cover horror movie franchises uh that are not going to be on our list so like the entirety of the friday the 13th series and the rest of the nightmare on elm street series instead et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. so if that's something that you're interested in and you w- want to be a part of that help us out on patreon that would be awesome all 17 platform movies one after yes. the other that's it that would be that would be a really fun <laughs> fun for me as a thought exercise series anthology series of every platform movie is a different kind of platform like you're saying so right you've got like like a train platform, platform diving is one. yeah and then platform two is is a train station platform <laughs> three is like a a, a board game to 70s disco platform shoes yeah there you go. exactly <laughs> yes it would be good we'd have to figure out a way there'd have to be some kind of torture porn or something to sell it to the kids but that, that would be platform about. five is every every person who's murdered is repositioned into the shape of oliver platt <laughs> check it out on patreon.com slash the penske file otherwise all the shows are at the penske file.com and uh the youtube channel so blah 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 we're done with lower decks let us know what you thought about this episode which is crisis point down below and otherwise we'll be back with enterprise coverage and then lower decks and then hopefully a week off and then maybe right into disco right after that so what if what if we we watch the the final episode of uh, lower decks and it immediately went directly into the first episode of discovery so we had no choice but to to watch it and then cover it instantly <laughs> after we finished lower decks i'd have to i'd have to cut the thumbnail in half and i don't want to do that so i, I don't want them to to immediately I, I don't think i'm ready for discovery yet i think i have to pump myself up a little bit i have like grand designs because when we Whenever we talk about Discovery on the show, we're, we're both wrong about what, what happened in this. That's so, true. So yeah. when you're you're in a tough spot when you're critical and cynical of a series, but you also can't remember what happened what happened in this series. Well, I think I feel like I'm getting the best out of the situation because they're jumping a thousand years into the future, so it seems like a fresh start where very little is going to matter. But that's probably not how it's going to go at all. It's probably going to be very linked to the other stuff because yeah. they hate me. Yeah, just I. You know, people, I think Kyle in the Discord is rewatching it now. So he's sort of, he's at least watching it with the, in mind, the mindset of the problems that we had for it. And he wants to prove us wrong. So he can, he can, hmm. he can prove us wrong in the Discord. And he'll find things about like that Spock tape and stuff. But 
Yeah, I look back and I just don't remember. Any, I remember that they're going to the future, but I don't really mm-hmm. remember why they got there. When we watched the trailer, we were both shocked to realize that the uh, the Red Angel suit is there too. Like the Iron Man suit is going to be in the future. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> That's I assume that's how George Jow is getting back for probably. the Section 31 show. Yeah, yeah. Probably, right. Just pulls the uh, the ripcord on that one and just parachutes back <laughs> a thousand years into into time. We're done. Thank you very much. See you later.